Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today, we are welcoming back Dr. Mark Pitstick, who was our guest way back on episode 151 of the show, which was over two years ago. Dr. Mark is the director and one of the co-founders of the Soul Phone Foundation. He has over 45 years experience and training in hospitals, pastoral counseling settings, mental health centers, and private practice. He is the author of several books, including Greater Reality Living, co-written with Dr. Gary Schwartz, Radiant Wellness, The 11 Questions, and Soul Proof, Compelling Evidence That No One Really Dies. Mark is the creator of the documentary film about the afterlife called Soul Proof, and has created nine audio products that use hypnosis, breathwork, and guided imagery. The audios are fascinating. Topics like pre-birth planning, past life regression, heal and transform your suffering, and more. He's a frequent media guest, and Dr. Mark has even hosted two radio shows, Solutions and Ask the Soul Doctors. Along with directing the Soul Phone Foundation, Mark is a board member for the bereaved parents group that we love so much here on We Don't Die Radio called HelpingParentsHeal.org. You can find out more on the websites soulproof.com, soulphone.org, and greaterrealityliving.com. Dr. Mark Pitstick, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. It's a pleasure. It's hard to believe it's been a couple of years since we did an interview, but here we are. So really great to hear your voice again. Thank you. Vice versa. You know that we're, we have a mutual admiration society, definitely. We sure do. We sure do. We saw each other last year at the Afterlife Symposium, and we've kept in touch a little via email. So here we are catching up. But Mark, because a lot of people are new to the show listening, and you were way back on episode 151. I'm wondering if you could give us a recap a little bit about who you are, your past, and talk a little bit about Soul Proof before we catch up on what's happened in the last couple of years. Sure. Um, how I got involved in all this, I think I was born to do it. I think it was my mission. Uh, some evidence for that. When I was six years old, my parents were showing me a beautiful sunset. And I told him it reminded me of God. And they only told me that 20 years later when I was in theology school. And over the years, I've had four different uh, mediums or people could see energy tell me that uh, I'm not the usual kind of soul that comes to a place like Earth and uh, have these great teaching missions. Well, I can believe it because throughout my life, I felt like a stranger in a strange land. I actually had to learn how to fit in and, and be a good human. Um, I would be watching football when I was 12 years old, for example, with my grandpa and uncles and dad and so on, and and be thinking, gosh, you know, if we just took a percentage of the money and time and energy uh, to put on this game to feed the poor, think how uh, we would, what advancements we would make. So wow. not your usual little guy. Um, Started working in hospitals when I was 19 as a respiratory therapist as I worked my way through pre-med, theology, clinical psych, etc. And was around lots of death and dying and quickly was trained to do 
resuscitative procedures, uh, lung intubation, arterial blood gas punctures, et cetera. So by age 20 was almost every weekend around one or more people as they died, including little children. And it drove me to my knees. Uh, my uh, Lutheran upbringing you know, taught me that God was all-knowing, all-loving, all-caring. And so it took me a long time to figure out how that can be true, and yet all the suffering that we see going on about us. Um, <clears throat> fast forward to um, fast forward 30 some years, you know, marriage and kids and uh, holistic practice, et cetera, life happening. And my book, Soul Proves, the documentary film, met uh, Dr. Schwartz through, through ET. Started by Alexander and Audet. And Dr. Schwartz and I obviously were kindred spirits, very um, clear that we had a similar mission. And um, we, he asked me to start working with him in 2016 to be the spokesperson for the Soul Phone Project because he's so immersed in the research and development. You bring up Dr. Gary Schwartz. I have seen him just a couple of times speak. Do you want to just talk a little bit about who he is and how you guys got connected? Sure. He's um, First of all, he had two near-death experiences when he was a little child, one at age one and one at age eight, and he never forgot them. You know, He had the typical, the white light, the, the deep peace. It was the most love that he had ever felt in his life. It was curious for him because he was brought up in a um, – atheistic Jewish family, and it was all science. His dad uh, went to Columbia, a chemist, so it was all ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And that's pretty much what he believed as he marched through the top schools, uh, Cornell, master's and PhD at Harvard, professor at Harvard, tenured professor at Yale. <coughs> Excuse me, a lot of people don't know, but Dr. Schwartz has been instrumental in huge projects over the years, he was one of a handful of people who founded behavioral medicine in the 70s. <laughs> like, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, that alone is huge. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like every couple of months I find out something new about, it. oh, yes, I was involved in the pioneering of this field. And like, anyway, he's, he's the most amazing genius, but also caring, curious, uh, he's just an incredible person. We have become soul brothers. In fact, uh, he made me promise that we will continue to work together after uh, we pass on. So I guess we have to. Uh, <laughs> There's no know. choice. You have no choice. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> yeah, he's 75 years old. And um, he went to the University of Arizona in 1998 so that he could start doing more even more cutting-edge edge mm -hmm. research, and in this case, looking at the survival of consciousness. Uh, Yale and Harvard are wonderful institutions, but more on the conservative side, and University of Arizona being more liberal. Uh, and he started that research with mediums, about 20. He knew from experience. In fact, he even took courses to find out how some mediums cheat or you know, just are very mediocre. Uh, but he was convinced that at least some mediums had verifiable abilities. And as described in his book, The Afterlife Experiments, 
did double, even triple blind studies, uh, totally controlled research uh, with people like John Edward and George Anderson and others, and found that indeed some of them had very verifiable abilities, hit rates around 86, 90 percent versus 26 percent in by the control group. Uh, so that piqued his curiosity, and he during that time launched the dream of creating technology to allow spirit communication. And he was aware of EVP and ITC and various approaches that may or may not work, may or may not be intelligible. <clears throat> he wanted, excuse me, just one second. Mm-hmm. He wanted to create technology as reliable as a cell phone that was night worked 99% of the time, clearly um, very clear whether it was audio or video, et cetera, and set out about that. Ten of the top mediums and Suzanne Giesman, Suzanne Wilson and others that people would know um, have started working with him and they would independently come up with information. They would just pat and they're saying, you know, Albert Einstein keeps coming to me and saying, I'm supposed to contact you, Dr. Schwartz, and pass on this bit of information. And it's it's such a wonderful story because sometimes these are highly technical terms, electrical engineering terms, for example, and the medium will say, I don't even know if this is a word, but I'm I'm supposed to pass it on you. And Gary will say, it's exactly what I need to hear right now. It's, I was at a, I was stuck, and that's my sign. And especially when this kind of information came through independently by multiple mediums, uh, identically, it, it was a, a big help. Uh, so I say, Dr. Schwartz gets his information from four sources. First of all, his uh, amazing genius mind. Secondly, from these evidential mediums. Third, from his earthly team, electrical engineers, software specialists, optical physicists, and others. Um, being a senior professor at University of Arizona, he is able to use grad students. I met some of them, especially from India and China. They are just such geniuses. Um, and then fourth, what we call the A-team, a group, a group of, quote, deceased luminaries, uh, what we call post-material luminaries, um, who have been helping him. And I named some of them, Albert Einstein, David Bohm, uh, Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and others. This is so great and wild and fantastic. And I know there's been a lot of people in the past couple of years who've asked me, what's the latest on the soul phone? What's the latest on the soul phone? And before we get into the latest on the soul phone, I think maybe we had talked about this the last time we spoke, but I, I'm just reminded of those two brothers that had a dream of creating a flying machine, Wilbur and Orville, and how back in the day, people thought they were crazy. It's never going to work. You know, all of those things. And these were some, obviously the founding fathers of the aircraft. But now I was just on a flight not too long ago and Every time we I take off, Mark, I, I'm thinking, thank you, Wilbur and Orville, for having a dream. Mm. And mm-hmm. now we just take it for granted. So wherever 
we're at on planet earth with the team and the soul phone, I just ask people to realize that, um, you know, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not too far away that we will be able to connect with our loved ones in just the convenience of our handheld device. But, you know, don't listen to the little voice that says things are impossible because look at the things we take for granted now. And even you mentioned Edison, the light bulb. Many people laughed at him and he failed a thousand times. And now look, look what we have. So with that, just for all of us to um, be excited, you know, really be excited at what, what's probably happening and what's possible in the future. So that being said, what's the latest or what's happening or what is the soul phone? We can even start with that. Or what sure. will well, it first be? First of all, First of all, that's a very apt analogy. <coughs> Excuse me. The um, This area is really full right now of something in the air <clears throat> that is choking me up. I apologize. That's okay. So yes, your your right brother's metaphor is an apt one. Uh, we've we've searched into some of the writings by Orville and Wilbur. And they wrote after their, I think it was 1908, their first flight only lasted 12 seconds and crashed. Um, But one of them wrote, for those five of us who were there on that day, we knew that human flight was possible. And likewise with the soul phone, we now know, and I'll get in details in a moment, that first of all, this, this work has shown scientifically that life continues after bodily death. And secondly, that these people who have dropped their body can communicate. Now, is it a commercializable device? You can go to your store and buy? Not yet. But as you say, um, Alexander Graham Bell patented the telephone in 1876. Well, in 1960, I was um, seven years old. We had a party line. It was a four-number dial. Yeah, I remember getting on the phone trying to call somebody. You know, you'd like, <clears throat> you know, clear your throat so whoever's on the line would hang up. And it wasn't until um, the late 1990s that the first mobile phone existed. And it was huge. You, know, yes. you had to be a weightlifter around. Uh, yeah, you need to understand that this kind of technology takes time to develop. So. First of all, the soul fund is an umbrella term for four anticipated devices, and the first is working very well, and that's called the soul switch. That's a binary indicator, meaning it allows yes, no answers from those in spirit. And the soul switch um, is not perceived as being a commercializable device. You know, it kind of be like a Ouija board, only very accurate. Uh, but we don't really anticipate going down that road. Um, <clears throat> with the soul switch, again, we have been able to show that with multiple, multiple studies, thousands of trials, highly statistical significance, data analysis, et cetera, been able to show scientifically that the presence of spirit, that they are present. And further, their communication, for example, uh, one way is using what we call the personal identification test. Uh, and I say we because I've actually been involved in a lot of this research over the last three years. Um, and the personal identification test being a series of questions. So, for example, um, if 
if I were in spirit, uh, the question would be to me, is your first name Mark? Yes. Is your last name Champlain? The answer should be no. You know, did we have a dog named Snoopy when I was a kid? Yes. And so on. A series of questions that could be verified, which give a high degree of certainty that um, who we are dealing with. Secondly, a what's called the cognitive understanding test. And this is done for the most part with a series of slides. And keep in mind, this has all been done uh, in different centers, replicated, uh, all computer automated, uh, because Dr. Schwartz, being such a serious scientist, mm -hmm. want to address any conceivable criticism. For example, uh, the observer bias, that is the effect of the experimenter's consciousness on the outcome. So some of the experiments have been run in the middle of the night, the time selected by a random time generator. Uh, the computer starts the experiment in the middle of the night when everybody is asleep. So no one's consciousness would know when it started or what's going on. And yet the results are the same as when we're physically present in the room. <clears throat> so this cognitive understanding test then shows a series of slides. Um, for example, using photos of the, well, let's say a mother wants to um, interact with her child who's passed. Slides would be loaded up and the question would be, was this uh, us together when you were a little boy? And if it was, the answer should be yes. But if the photo was of strangers, the answer should be no. Then another one, is this a picture of our dog we had you know, when we lived in a certain city? Yes or no. Uh, is this a birthday party that occurred before you changed worlds? Yes or no. So again, a way to be sure who you're dealing with, to be sure that they are alive and well, and really most touching to know that they are still present. They still want to be part of the family. They're aware of what's going on they're still in contact. Mark, how do they flip the switch? I'm sure they have to manipulate energy and I can't imagine it's an actual switch, like a light switch, but can I assume they use their energy to somehow get the information, the yes or the no in the computer? Yeah, there are actually, actually two different switches right now and we're kind of like, yeah, well, kind of like you, there are two race cars that are leading the race and so we're uh, betting on both of them to see which one turns out to be the very best. But in both cases, yes, uh, the post-material persons, the people who have passed on, are able to signal their presence. So, um, you know, whether you could say it's their energy or their touching with their hands depends on where, you know, whether you're looking at the quantum physics, are things, particles formed or waves, pure energy. Um, but the experiments so far indicate that they can be just as physical as we. They have physicality as measured by uh, the diminished time of photons passing from one area to another when they put their hand through it. The motion detected when they put their hand in an enclosed area and air motion is detected. So that's why we say post-material persons. They're, they're not just airy, gauzy balls of energy. They can be, um, 
but they also can be quite physical and from what we've gathered, enjoy doing that sometimes. I would think so, definitely. And even some of the great mediums that we both know and love that work on behalf of the those in the spirit world, they're, they're still people. They are still people. They have their personalities. And to yes. love and Yes, and some of the information is that uh, they very easily can bilocate. And we need a different word because in one conversation with Edison, Einstein, and Tesla, uh, we were like auctioneers. Said, can you can you indeed um, enjoy simultaneous realities? And they said, oh yes. They said, so more than one place at a time? Yeah, ten? Yeah, twenty? Yeah. And at that point, Gary said, now wait a minute. Are you saying to me that you can be in twenty different places at the same time, having different interactions? Yes. And then it turned out they said even 50 and maybe 100 sometimes. So uh, how cool would that be? And by the way, one of the, um, I, I guess, take-home messages of that is when people try to interact with their loved ones who have passed on, it's not like we're interfering with their other business. You, know, They can do more than one thing at a time. That's good news. Mm-hmm. This is very exciting. So that's the soul switch, which must be really amazing to just even be part of getting those answers, even having a conversation with Edison, Einstein, and Tesla. Like, no big deal. <laughs> wow. What's the next of the four categories? Yeah, first of all, the we say right now the soul switch is a stage two prototype. It works about 90% of the time, 80 to 90, and and we say that the, the other 10 or 20 percent is not that they're messing up. It's just the limits of the technology. And the next goal is to create the stage three prototype. However, that will require a full-time software programmer, full-time electrical engineer, a clean room, probably a $2 million budget to finalize that. And we have a couple people who are interested. We've been talking to uh, but if any uh, people have an investment capabilities and interest, uh, contact us. Get, Dr. Schwartz thinks that after the funding is in place and the equipment and so on, that will take about a year then to have the stage three, and that will be a practically working device. <clears throat> that will then allow us to move into the second device, which is called the sole keyboard. So if you look at a keyboard in front of you, it's about 43 switches. And, um, for example, if you push the L key, that's a yes for the L, the no for everything else. And the first soul switch then can be incorporated into a soul keyboard. Dr. Schwartz anticipates it'll be about four foot wide, three foot deep. But that will allow then texting and typing with those in another dimension. Pretty great. Yeah. By the way, we... Um, and we had a session through one of the top mediums being able to ask questions of uh, people like Tesla and Einstein. And um, I asked, when we have a device that's and the sole keyboard would function for this, that allows sufficient quantity and quality of information to pass through, would you all be willing to give webinars 
addressing our toughest challenges and biggest problems. And um, the medium started laughing and she said, they're pushing each other out of the way to get first in line. <laughs> so indications are there's a huge amount of interest on, quote, the other side for helping us here on our planet. So uh, keep hope alive, people. The third device then, after we have that sole keyboard, and by the way, that will allow so much more information from the A-team and really expedite creation of the other devices. Uh, the third then being called soul voice, which would be like what each other, and then soul video, like teleconferencing, whether it's Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, being able to see and hear. Very exciting. I'm just envisioning the that world and probably the not too too distant future that that's possible. It is, and just the just the knowledge that's on the way has helped many people. Um, I've actually had three emails from people who were suicidal, and they said. You know, I, I had just about had being, living on Earth because you know mm -hmm. how it's difficult for people who are partially awakened with all the craziness that goes on, on our planet. And they said, I was really considering moving on. And then I heard about the soul phone. And I thought, you know, I want to stick around and see how this ends up. Uh, and then, of course, numerous um, bereaved parents who are journeying toward being shining light parents are so very excited that in addition to visitations with mediums and so on, they will um, at some point be able to visit in a much more uh, developed way. Oh, I think it's really great. And just how you brought up the cell phone or the mobile phone, back in the day it was this big, heavy, clunky thing. And now we just hold this device in our hand that we can get almost all the information in the universe in less than a second. And it takes, yes. it takes money. I mean, it, you know, it's, I think a lot of us working in the afterlife field just do this out of our own funds. And I know there's been donations and things to the soul phone foundation, but it, it takes that and it takes equipment and it takes these computers and I can't even imagine the de device with photons and, and all those kind of things. But it, and it also takes these minds that can get on board to help with it. I, I think probably when the cell phone first came out and more and more minds got involved, we saw the growth exponentially to what we have today in our hands. Can't even imagine what the future holds in that kind of technology. So it does take time, takes money, takes effort, takes the right people but to get these words out that this is actually happening on the planet right now, it is so comforting to people. And that's one of the reasons I have such a passion about sharing these interviews. I never know which topic is going to land with what human being that will give them hope, give them comfort. And like you say, there's been plenty of suicides prevented and give people the opportunity to breathe again. So important. Yes. And especially, you know, the proving that there's an afterlife has been near and dear to my heart for many years since you know, I was working with these dying people as a youth. Um, but now for the first time in 2019, we can say we now have 
definitive scientific demonstration that life continues after bodily death, which we can never state uh, legitimately before, but now we can based on the data. Where would you recommend people go, Mark, online? Would it be soulphone.org to find out more? Because obviously in an hour interview, you're not going to give all the details and be able to do that. But for people that want to explore more, I know you also have greater reality living and soul proof. Yeah, soulphone.org is a great way to start to learn more about it, to see the updates and so on. Um, But Dr. Schwartz, by the way, is this... A pack of crows just appeared outside my window. Let me close my window. Are you picking this up? <laughs> no. That's kind of cool, okay, though. If you're not picking it up, no. Okay. If you're not picking it up, don't worry. About it. I think they're excited. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> Dr. Schwartz and I uh, realized three years ago that we would it would be advantageous to have first a book but also groups to help people uh, adjust to this paradigm shift. Uh, I mean, it, it's huge um, to to really know for sure. In other words, it's one thing where religions talk about it. It's another thing where like, well, you know, evidence indicates, but, but now to say scientific uh, demonstration of it. And so we wrote the book, Greater Reality Living, in which we lay out all the evidence, clinical, scientific, and based on firsthand experience. And then what we call the LIVES formula. And just briefly, LIVES is an acronym for L, learn the evidence that clearly shows we're forever being. I internalize this great news. So people don't just have a, a dry intellectual knowing that that fades when time gets tough, but a deep internalized knowing that serves them. You know, it's like building your house on granite stuff, shifting sand that serves them when they're dying, when a loved one passes, etc. The V stands for vitalize yourself holistically uh, so that people have the energy, the balance, the vitality they need to brighten the corner where they are to demonstrate this. Okay, well, you know, Oprah says, when we know better, we do better. All right, well, when we know that we're eternal beings and that we're all interconnected, how does that shape the way we interact with each other, treat one another, and so on? Uh, mobilize, do what we can to make the world a better place. The E stands for enjoy the many benefits, like knowing there's nothing to fear. Yeah, we drop the body, but that turns out to be much less than 1% of who and what we are. And same way we couldn't lose loved ones if we tried. You know, we are so, so inextricably interconnected, uh, people and pets. And then finally, the S stands for serve others and make the world a better place. Um, So we wanted to share this formula. And then each chapter has lots of information, strategies, resources so people can use it. We've also uh, started greater reality living groups. I think we have three or four functioning now in the U.S. and Canada. I mean, we just got started. The first of the year, we'll start online greater reality living groups. Because we had heard from so many people over the years, uh, there's no one I can talk to you about these things. You know, if I, if I told my family and friends, they'd think I was kooky. Well, guess what? We're, we must all be kooky because it turns out so many of us have had 
after-death communications or various spiritually transformative experiences. So these greater reality living groups then being safe places, inclusive, respectful of diversity and so on, where people can learn this information. We have videos and facilitator managers. We have a whole team of 28 people working for the foundation project managers who are forming these groups where people can learn this information, discuss it, share their own personal experiences, and then look at how can they uh, take action in their community to make things better. Really good. I know for myself, my life has improved. uh, I don't even know how many times over embracing the fact that we don't die. It's also our life is for a purpose. I've gone after some dreams that I've been forgotten about. I've been courageous in the face of fear, things I probably wouldn't have normally done. But embracing this greater reality living as you talk about it is something that I'm living my best life. And it all stemmed out of you know some of the worst times that have happened, death of my dad, death of my grandmother. And it's really exciting to me that you now have greater reality groups. And I'd love to be your partner with sharing that and greater reality living with the world. It's wow. ended. Well, thank you for that, Sandra. Um, yes, people can visit greaterrealityliving.com. There are uh, links and tabs on starting a group, joining a group. It's all very well set up. <clears throat> yeah, as you say, when we really know who we are, it's a game changer. And that doesn't mean life's perfect. Uh, for example, you know, when a loved one passes on, it doesn't take away all the sadness or pain, but it definitely lightens it. It's the difference between saying goodbye to someone knowing that we'll never see them again versus saying, see you later. Mm-hmm. And it's a see you later. It's like they went on a vacation first and you're going to meet them at the destination, but you've got some work to do before you get on the airplane. Yes. That's what I say. How can someone get a copy of the Greater Reality Living book? Uh, well, if they Google it, it's available through Amazon, of course, and everything. Yeah, everything. Uh, they, can, <laughs> they can buy it off my website, soulproof.com, uh, as well as, while well, I'm mentioning soulproof.com, I just hit article number 50 on it. Over the years, I've created articles with holistic solutions for the biggest questions and problems people encounter when a loved one passes, when a loved one dies by suicide. And actually, I should clean up my language like the title say. We say when um, the body of a loved one dies by suicide, because we want to be very clear, your loved one didn't die, just the body did. And that's Mm -hmm. such a huge distinction. And we need to to upgrade our language so that our brains really understand that. Um, a, an article for people who are sensitive and empathic, which is very common, holistic health information, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of techniques. So those are all free articles at soulproof.com. Also, numerous radio shows I had over the years with people like Wayne Dyer, Brian Weiss, Raymond Moody, Michael Newton, um, Anita Moore, Johnny Carolyn Maysmith, just top names discussing these various topics. 
you know, who am I? Why am I here? What happens after I die? How can I identify my mission, etc.? So these are all free resources at soulproof.com for your listeners. Thank you for that. It's great to be able to share because there's always so much more. And some of those folks that you talked about, I may never interview. And to have that those conversations out there, because I wasn't having a bad day before you and I got on this conversation, Mark, but I wouldn't say it was a great day. But something inside me said, after this conversation, it'll be a great day. So we all need resources to plug us back into this greater reality and remind us of who we are. So thank you for having all those resources at soulproof.com. My pleasure. And it gets better than that. The The beginning of next year, we will start what are called SEED events. SEED being an acronym for Soul Phone Education, Ethics, and Demonstration. Uh, and, and just a side note, the, the ethics part comes in um, we are very cognizant of the potential downsides of this communication technology. Uh, you know, when the cell phone and computer industry started, I don't know how much attention they paid to the potential abuses. And now, for example, people getting hacked, identity theft, and so on through these technological devices. Well, Dr. Schwartz, being the very caring person he is, he said, I can't open Pandora's box without prudent safeguards in place. And so we want people to be clear from the beginning. And even when the devices are ready, they won't it won't be like something you can go buy at a store. They will be at centers initially, cell phone centers where people can use the technology, but where there will be safeguards in place, protection, and so on. Also, you know, counseling. I mean, you can imagine if a person, um, after a meaningful visit, that, that's going to be life-changing for mm-hmm. them. So they may need some to talk for a while and some counseling. So we're thinking all this through. <clears throat> so that's the ethics part. These seed events then will start February 8th, actually, in Tampa, Florida, uh, we'll give three in on West Coast, Florida in February, three on East Coast in March, and then just move on up throughout the year. So this time of year, uh, we may be in your backyard, uh, you know, Baltimore and Boston and so on, mm-hmm. New York, um, and give these demonstrations because, as the saying goes, seeing is believing. This will be a full-day event. First, um, Dr. Schwartz will present now, he and his wife, Rhonda, who's uh, one of the evidential mediums, will be presenting by Zoom. You know, they'll, they'll be uh, ensconced in the, the research at the University of Arizona, so they're not going to travel around the country. Uh, but first, Dr. Schwartz will present on the science behind all this, all this on the soul phone. Uh, Rhonda, being a, uh, she calls herself a, research medium. In other words, she doesn't do readings for people. All of her work is with the A-team, bringing through information uh, for the various researchers. She will speak about evidential mediums, what those are, and then also about the A-team, some of the the background news and some of what they bring through, uh, snippets that she has gathered over the years 
uh, about what their life is like now. I will present about the greater reality living. Uh, that is, how might we live differently once we know without a doubt that we're eternal beings and, and the various benefits of all of this. Then we will move into the demonstration mode. First of all, showing the equipment for the, the first time ever to the public and showing first what does it look like when there is baseline because all of all of these experiments have what we call no participant controls. In other words, we, we need to have um, control groups. What, what happens when no one's touching the equipment, <clears throat> when no one's in the room, human or post-material? And it's pretty much like a flatline EKG. You know, it, the uh, data hovers along the x-axis, pretty much not much. I mean, it's going to pick up some electromagnetic fields from fluorescent lights and 110 outlets, uh, what we call background noise. Then we will have an attendee from the audience come up and touch whichever device we're using and show what is the impact of their physicality, their energy. And it's huge for humans. And that's, that will be visible light, and it will be a big overhead screen, so you can see uh, the change in the light patterns. Also, graphs are produced instantaneously, huge graphs showing uh, the difference between a yes and no answer. And then the statistical significance is computed, again, uh, instantaneously. The software for all this is upgraded monthly, and it's just it's amazing. It's magical. Then one of the A-team will um, come on and touch the devices, and then we'll see the effect of their input. Now, and this is fascinating to me. A few years ago, Dr. Schwartz said that on an average, a post-material person's signal was about one-thousandth that of a human. Yeah, which is very small, but it was still very highly statistical significant versus a baseline control. Mm -hmm. Well, then about a year ago, he started saying they are averaging 100 now, you know, which is 10 times better than what they were doing. In our last round of experiments, uh, which took about two months to run, thousands and thousands of sessions, um, their energy was seven percent of what a human's is well that's seven times what they were doing when it was one out of a hundred uh, but the part that really blows my mind is about a month ago a hollywood videography team came to the lab at tucson uh, to prepare for a a series of documentaries about the soul phone and uh, the producer is directing everything. The videographer is taking two and a half um, hours of footage. The A-team member for that uh, is a woman named Susie Smith, who passed in 2001, but she and Gary were friends before she passed on. Susie wrote 30 books on psychic, medium, and afterlife um, topics. Susie Smith, S-U-S-Y. She... Um, she lived to almost age 90. She was wheelchair-bound for the last couple decades of her life. And before she passed, one of her sayings was, I can't wait to die so I can come back and prove 
no one really dies. That's you great. may have heard a saying like that before. Yes. That's great. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so she was chosen to be the A-team member for this demonstration that was being professionally filmed. She knocked it out of the park. She achieved 40% of what the human effect is. 40%, two-fifths of what a human does. So we've gone from one-thousandth to 40%. And um, Gary said, yeah, no wonder. You know, she's been waiting all these years, about 20 years, to show us that no one really dies. She just did it, you know, with whatever the saying, in spades. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, so those will be the seed events, and mm-hmm. then there'll be a wrap-up. Dr. Schwartz will come back in and answer questions. We'll, we'll talk about the, the impact of this. Uh, so, again, we'll be doing this on weekends. I have a team of event planners who will be helping set them up, and those public demonstrations then should really you know, launch this media being present, people really getting, and we're we're so excited about between that, the greater reality living groups, seeing a change in our lifetime, a, a metamorphosis as more and more people, we call them the 15 percenters. And I derive that term from the work of Michael Newton, founder of Life Between Lives Therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Newton and his, he has about 25 trained therapists, uh, have conducted 35,000 Life Between Lives sessions in something like 23 countries. So they've mapped out very well that on average, about 85% of people on earth are what they call beginner souls. And this is, there's no judgment involved. It's just how many times they've been around the block and how mm-hmm. much they've learned. Another 12 or 13% would be considered intermediate souls, and then 2 to 3% advanced. And so I'm fairly good at math. I put together those uh, intermediate and advanced numbers and came up with 15%. Uh, so we're not going to reach everyone, you know, as as we were talking before we started the interview. There are skeptics, there are closed minded people, there are people who are imbalanced, there are people who are so in so much pain um, that they lash out and criticize. And so we know we're not going to touch everyone and we know we're going to have the skeptics. But if even a, a half of the 15 percenters would mobilize and brighten the corner where they are, do what they came here to do, share their greatest gifts, the, the changes in our world would be unbelievably powerful and quick, not to mention all the impact from the many near-death experiencers, the many bereaved parents who are choosing to transmute their pain into service. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some really exciting changes starting to kick in now. Oh, it's just tremendous. How do we find out about the upcoming seed events? I know you said the first one's February 2020. Would we find that on soulphone.org? Yes, and also greaterrealityliving.com, and also people who sign up for our free newsletters, whether it's the soulproof.com newsletter or the one from the two websites we just mentioned, uh, will receive updates about when these events are. We're five months out. 
the time will go by very quickly and there'll be more and more. This is really just fascinating. Fascinating. And you mentioned that people really didn't know the ramifications when the computer came out and and having the ethics. You know, I was looking at that in a different way. People probably didn't realize that some people would spend their whole lives on computers. I mean, there's some children that are locked up just on playing games 24-7. And I think with the future being the soul phone and this technology, I like the idea of it being in a place where you could give counseling that that's like if you go to a medium for the very first time and you get some information, people can very easily want to be addicted to seeing that medium every day to hear the messages from their loved one, not realizing that our lives are for a purpose. And it's great to have as a resource that they're there and that comfort through grief and helping live our life. But we don't want people addicted to getting in touch with their loved one, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, different people are different states. And those who are you know, more evolved and have more certainty, they see the signs and they say, okay, thanks for checking in, but I've got a lot to do mm-hmm. while I'm here. You know, I'm on Earth for a reason. Uh, and then others, for whatever reason, want to check in more fully and more frequently. And that's the way, by the way, why I created what's called the facilitated after-death contact session. Uh, It's article number nine at soulproof.com. And it talks about a number of practical things people can do to stack the deck. As you know, after-death communications occur spontaneously. There are wonderful blessings when they happen. And so I looked at how can we increase the chances of having those and then create a deep, relaxation slash hypnosis session so people could enjoy the presence uh, of their loved ones. I did this at ARAI with the uh, Helping Parents Heal Conference, and many people have experienced their loved ones touching their hair, you know, holding their hand, hugging them, and so on, which is what's really happening. Um, but it's just that so often we're stuck in our analytical mm-hmm. brain that we don't perceive what's happening right in front of us. Is that a session somebody would do with you, or is it something that's recorded? That's recorded so that people can use It's $15, you know. What a um, deal. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Article number nine at soulproof.com, and then, it, and then uh, in under shop, they can buy that facilitated after-death contact session. Yeah, then people can share it with others. They can use it repeatedly. And what we found is that, you know, it's kind of like you remember the movie Ghost, of course, where Demi Moore is on one side of the door and and doesn't believe that her boyfriend, Patrick Swayze, is still alive. Whoopi Goldberg's on the other side saying he's right beside you. And and Patrick says, float the penny in the air. And that was her moment of awakening, her spiritually transformed experience where she saw the light, you know, just like near death experiences have she then she realized well likewise when people have these experiences like the facilitated adc contact and they have a couple times oh my god you know i could feel her presence she touched me you know i i could i could see her in my mind's eye i could hear her voice 
then that can generalize over time. So it becomes more of a person's normative consciousness. And then after a while, they don't need mediums. They don't need techniques. That just becomes part of their reality. And, and that's why we use the term the greater reality, because the average human only perceives much less than 1% of all that exists. Oh, that's good news. When I frequently when we're on the show and I do talk to mediums and as great as having an evidential reading is, because I believe it's fantastic to also know though, that our loved one is with us. You know, it's not only when you see that person or when you talk to them on the phone that your loved one comes in and, and it's really great to hear that they can be many places at once. I think experiments have happened that the same loved one has come through mediums to two separate siblings at the same time in two separate places. And your the, your loved one is with you. And so to be able to help facilitate for $15, I actually think it's less than that. I think it's $14.99, <laughs> a, a facilitated after-death contact that you or me can can do on our own in the privacy of our own home where we can share our emotions and be free with tears or whatever that may be. And that love, I think that's really an awesome, uh, awesome um, a gift to people to do this ourselves. Yes. Well, I, I owe credit to um, Dr. Brian Weiss, Dr. Raymond Moody, and also Dr. Ken Ring, all of whom trained me over the years in, with different techniques. And then I synthesized those and added some more to come up with these. By the way, for people who have some trouble believing about this by location, that uh, indeed those in spirit and probably us as well can be in more than one place at a time. I like the analogy of electrical devices. In other words, uh, right now I can see the, the electrical wire coming through the air into our house then that stream of energy, electricity, but then that can activate numerous electrical devices inside the house, TV, lights, radio, this laptop, simultaneously. Well, likewise, we are beings of energy consciousness, and that can then split off, experience different parts of this huge, vast life that exists at the same time without diminishing the experience. And that's that's also comforting for people to know that, uh, <clears throat> well, going back to Michael Newton, who I just consider such a great um, pioneer and teacher, author yes. of Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Uh, he was a, a guest on my show. Just what a mind. He changed worlds a few years ago. Well, he said that on his understanding was, again, based on his many thousands of cases, that the average human uses about 20% of their energy while they're visiting Earth. Well, that leaves a lot of other energy that can be then perceiving the greater reality, learning, growing, enjoying, serving in other ways, in other forms. And then also that part of our energy never leaves home. It uh, is with God, is with our soulmates and so on. So this is one tool I use to help comfort people who are just really going through a tough time. I'm, I've been working in the last week with a suicidal woman whose husband just came in uh, no, uh, with no warning and just said, 
I'm leaving. And she thought everything was fine. They've been together for decades. And she's just so torn up. Sure. Uh, and I, yeah, understandably. And I worked with her to, uh, under hypnosis to help her understand, okay, I know this is going on right now, this deep, deep pain. But could it be that at the same time, you and he, likely soulmates, are together in another realm and this was set up for good reasons, um, you know, which is like Buddha said, there's only two reasons, growth or service. And she, those words can feel empty when you just talk about it. But when she went deeply and then experienced and she came out, she, she was crying. But with joy, she said, I remember we're teammates. You know, we came into this together and that's going to help me get through the pain. So this is. The, the things we're talking about have immense practical value for our day-to-day optimal living. Mm. Would you relate that to suffering? Because I, I believe suffering can help us get on our spiritual path. And I've never heard that Buddha quote about growth or service. I dig that. But can you talk a little bit about suffering and the greater reality? Sure. It. it this is why it's so important to know who we are. So if this time on earth is all there is, life certainly seems to be unfair, cruel, painful, short. You know, it's like there can't be a God. And if there is, pretty crummy one. But when we realize that there is much more to life than meets the eye, when we see more of the big picture, you know, when we're looking at life through a even a half dollar size opening instead of a little pinhole that most of us are looking through, we realize the kinds of things that surface again and again, whether it's from near-death experience reports, evidential mediums, uh, et cetera. And that is, we each are eternal beings. We each are one with the one and part of source right now. We have never-ending connections with our loved ones that we each come here in this time and place for important reasons and much, much more. All right. So a person, whether they're um, to the degree a person realizes the things I just said, they can understand why then a soul may choose to come to earth and choose the possibility of suffering. Not that it's totally set in stone. Otherwise, that'd be determinism and why bother? But the potential, and this is part of what Rob Schwartz and others have dealt with, and I have a pre-birth planning um, session also under hypnosis. But souls, knowing that they have forever, I mean, forever is a long, long time, say, okay, yeah, I'll go to Earth for a blank of an eye, for that's truly what 100 years is in the span of eternity, and I'll be paralyzed from the neck down. Why? Because it will help that person grow so much, perhaps appreciating the little things in life more, perhaps being more patient. Also, sometimes intermediate or advanced souls will agree to come to Earth as one of their, you know, hundred things that they're doing at the same time to be sick, to be ill, so that younger souls can learn, can practice being caregivers. <clears throat> it's all about love. And the love is so immense that when we feel just a little of that, you know, we're turned on. We, we, we are, we're on the team. We're in the, the groove, so to speak. And so that's why souls then would choose the, the possibility, whether it's a 
a child passing early, you know, a loved one dying, the breakup of a relationship, financial loss. You know, I've had so many of these things, but I wouldn't change it all. It's like the Garth Brooks song. You know, I could have missed the pain, but <clears throat> but I would have missed the dance. Oh, and and it's so well worth the price. And then there's that blink of an eye when everything seems separate and painful and hopeless. And then we get back home and like, oh, I forgot again. You know, I it it sucked me in again. But eventually, after going through this again and again, we get to the point where like, okay, I can do this. You know, I've been through tough times before. I've been through that valley of the shadow of death. I know I'm going to get back to the mountain and I'm going to lean on people. I know there are others who want to help me. And I'm even going to look for the blessings as I heal and transform from this one. And there are blessings and probably 99% of the time you can't see it while you're suffering, but a year in the future, I can't tell you even before I wrote my book, I'd sit next to somebody on the airplane and, and the words that I was able to share or just even being able to listen was just what somebody needed. So our suffering and our journey can really help and serve others. No doubt about it. Um, Mark, your audios I'm very excited about because I really didn't real I didn't realize that they were in there until I started doing some research. So the facilitated after death contact, that's great. Just mentioning the pre-birth planning, because wouldn't it be great to know what we've come here for? Past life regression and especially here heal and transform your suffering and you have even more than that. So those are all on soulproof.com, correct? under shop. Yes. Yep. Can people, that's why why I've created these uh, because so many people need the tools and the therapists don't have time to reach the masses and the masses, you know, can't afford the couple hundred dollars it takes to Mm -hmm. spend two hours one-on-one. So yeah, these are every bit as powerful as having a one-on-one session at a fraction of the price. And you're fabulous, and you've been trained by the best. So some of the people that you've worked with are just spectacular. Can people still contact you and have sessions with you personally? I actually don't have the time now, and that's why I've created these uh, sessions. But I do group sessions at various conferences. Excellent. Um, so maybe somebody named Sandra will invite me to one of hers next year, and we can do some of these as a group. I think that's a plan. (laughs) You're so funny. And that's a definite, definite. And I I love you. I love to share you. And I'm so grateful. Mark, we just have a few minutes left. Are there anything else you'd like to share or something I should have asked you that I haven't? Or if you just want to reach in for some words of inspiration, here's the time. Sure. Well, I'd like to share something that happened in February of 2018. Um, I I was at the home of Dr. Gary and Rhonda Schwartz, they were gifting me a a session with the A-team, the ability to ask a number of questions of the A-team. And it was the first time they had been asked anything that was of a non-technological nature. So I had thought for weeks, oh, my God, you know, what what would I ask? Because this is, you know, the, the cream of the crop of people who lived on Earth. Well, my first question was, 
how can we create world peace? How can we have harmony on our planet? And Albert answered through um, Ron, and this is discussed in our book, Greater Reality Living. Uh, he said, wow, that's a tough one. I noticed that things are really no better than when I was on Earth. The causes of disharmony and the solutions needed for them are many. And he said, all I can tell you is listen to your inner heart's calling. Do what you're most passionate about and know that that's your contribution. Um, frankly, I was a little disappointed. I thought, okay, you're Albert Einstein, for God's sake. Plus, you've dropped your filtration, um, you know, limiting filtration of your brain. I, I thought you'd come up with something more than that. But I moved on to my second one. I said, okay, uh, Dr. Schwartz and I are getting ready to publish our book, Greater Reality Living. Is there anything we've missed in it? And Rhonda said, well, Mark, you have to realize that even though they're seeing more of the greater reality than we on Earth, they're not omniscient. And we haven't talked to them about the book. You know, we're always talking about how soul phone. Can you just give them an overview? So I did the life formula, what I just mentioned earlier. Learn the evidence, internalize this great news, vitalize yourself, enjoy the benefits, and serve others and make the world a better place. And when I went over that brief overview of the book, Einstein shouted through Rhonda, that's it. You just answered your first question. That's great. <laughs> and it took me a moment to realize what was being said. But when I did, I had goosebumps on top of goosebumps. If I had hair on top of my head, it would have been standing straight up. And, and they said, what you just went over is sufficient to help change the world. They said, you... You have covered all the bases. You just needed to get it out there. And David Bohm, who is a Princeton um, mathematician and quantum physicist, colleague of Einstein, said, run, don't walk. Share this with as many people as possible, as quickly and boldly as you can. And he said, and don't be concerned about critics. We had them when we were on Earth. You're going to have them definitely. Just let their uninformed, unfair attacks run off your back like water off a duck's back. And that jazzed us, needless to say, um, that we were on the right track. And that's why you know, I really appreciate getting the word out to your listeners about the Greater Reality Living Book, the groups, the soul phone technology that can help people's biggest problems and also mobilize them to, um, you said something earlier when you were talking about your, you were, um, you had courage when faced with obstacles. It was a beautiful way you put it. Well, likewise, this knowledge and these groups and this support can be the key that triggers people say, okay, you know what? I'm going to shake off this feeling of hopelessness, this inertia. And I am going to do what I can, even if it's a little bit. It's really good advice. I'm excited to read Greater Reality Living. I haven't read it yet. And now with everything you've told me is in there. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being our guest today. 
Well, thank you for all you do and uh, for sharing this information with others, Sandra. Uh, I love it. I, I'm a human being too, and I knew this would be a great conversation. And I know that having a support system in place, whether it's a greater reality living group or part of a even an online group, it, it all makes a difference. And having these episodes make a difference to me and others. So I am grateful that I get to share you and Dr. Schwartz and everything that you're up to. And the A-Team. Let's have a shout out to the A-Team. That's a great experience that you had. Ask them anything. Yes. And by the way, we uh, uh, they recently said, we just want you to know that there are hundreds more like us who are waiting in the wings uh, when the time is right for us to come forward and help. So just another um, bit of information to help those of us on Earth keep hope alive, do all we can, know that we're not alone. No. And there's so many great people doing great things, and I feel really honored and privileged to be able to not just interview great people like yourself, Mark, but to be able to say, you know what, I could introduce this one to this one. I I even have a vision of putting together a site someday of all these groups that are going on in the world and what they're doing that are all tied in with afterlife and having a greater life, you know, so that's a vision of connection and that we're all really interested in the same thing. So being able to connect people. So we're not just on the internet, we can actually meet for a cup of coffee or something like that and have people in our communities and have these support groups. So I'll definitely help share greater reality living in the, and the groups that are forming. And just for our listener, uh, obviously we've been talking to the fabulous Dr. Mark Pitstick, but greater reality living is the book that we've been talking about, but you can find out so much more at greaterrealityliving.com, soulphone.org and soulproof dot com even to watch the documentary soul proof is a, is a great thing and as a community i invite you to, if you're a facebook user we have we don't die listeners group which is now 5000 fabulous people that we talk about these subjects and people share great books that they've read and it's just a really good place to share these topics and also at we don't die radio.com you can find all the past episodes now well over 300 And there's a little pop-up screen that comes up that says, join the Insiders Club. And that's my email list. And I don't send you too many emails, but something you get is a gift. It says, read a few free chapters of my book. Well, here's the secret. It's the whole book. I want to give you everything I know about the afterlife and grief support and living life. And there's also a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. That's a free download as part of that. And I think that's probably it. So in closing... I've really been left with this uh, growth or service quote. I'm going to have to find that, Mark, what exactly that quote is, or maybe you could send it to me. And also to listen to your heart's calling your, and do what you're passionate about. So many people are looking for the answer. And I think the answer is within just, you know, what are those things that you're already doing that make you happy? And what are the dreams you've had? And, and, you know, that's perfect. And anytime you can lend an ear to someone, be a listener and be of service, I think that truly is the biggest gift we can do. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. Always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I hope you're 
leaving this conversation with as big a smile as I have right now. And I want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.